You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Joey Wagner, and we had a day today, like a normal day. We were both in Champaign. We covered a little football camp. We met in person with some of the staff members there unmasked because we're all vaccinated. And then we went to a room with 20 other media members like we normally do for our job. And we asked questions of somebody in Illinois, and it just so happened to be uh, the top dog in Illinois Athletics, Athletics Director Josh Whitman had his media roundtable today. But, Joey, it was nice to see everybody in person. All of us had to be vaccinated to be in that room without a mask, and everybody was without a mask that was in that room. Um, so, man, it was uh, it was nice to, to see everybody, to catch up, and to get a lot of information from Josh Whitman, as we always do. He had an hour long, I think you had it 58 minutes, uh, opening statement, which Kent Brown did warn us, uh, the head of communications at Illinois, that it could be long, but it was very informative, and we have so much to break down, but... Man, today felt good, man, just to get back, get back into the uh, the grind of covering Illinois athletics. Dude, I was driving home, which is a much shorter drive now, which is awesome, but sorry to rub that in your face. I know that's shorter for one of us. And I'm like, okay, I've got this, 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 and this. I'm like, holy crap, it feels good to like, for me, the car is that space where I'm like, I process it, whether you write a lead in your head or you, you kind of break down everything. And we haven't had that that like car time I mean maybe a little bit coming back from games uh, basketball football games but it was just felt normal to be on a field to see like we talked about this at length like I mean we saw people walk by and I had a picture of me who who was that I've only known them in a screen or a twitter picture and it's uh Man, it just it just felt so good. Yeah, somebody uh, asked me today uh, from the Illinois football staff, they're like, how, how often do you make the drive down? Because it's about an hour, 15 minutes for me down in Champaign. And I was like, well, the last year, it hasn't been very much, but I'm looking forward to making that drive a lot more. And we'll head down there uh, on Thursday as well. Uh, we're getting kind of a, a mini recruiting visit tour. Uh, Pat Embleton and uh, Brett Bielma and his staff are going to take us through like a mock recruiting visit, which is really really smart of them, right? Just PR wise, they, they are going to milk everything for this honeymoon. They're recruiting well, and uh, it'll be good publicity for them. And And we'll get to take fans maybe in a little bit of what we get to see. And um, they get that kind of outreach. So really, really smart with them. But Joey, we have so much to dive into with, with Josh Whitman, but I felt like he was talking directly to us with the most important news of the day. Okay. I felt he was talking directly to us telling us, hey guys, tell everybody about this third Illinois basketball assistant. We're going to be okay. He actually used the Aaron Rodgers, just relax. He didn't spell it out. I wish he would have, but he did say relax about the third assistant. It's like he reached into the premium board at Illini Inquirer. Maybe he's read it and said they're on page 387 or whatever. I, I, I barely hop on there anymore. I just kind of laugh at uh, everybody freaking out about this. Uh, but Josh basically said it's a timing issue. It sounds like they have their guy. 
but there's a delay for some reason. Maybe it's the NBA and maybe it is Brian Randall or somebody like that. Or maybe it's somebody uh, that's dealing with people at the NBA draft. I don't know. But he said it's just a timing issue. And boy, he seems very confident that uh, everything is going to plan. It doesn't seem like it's a scramble. So take it for what it's worth. But I tend to believe Josh Whitman. He's pretty credible with these things. Yeah, I do too. I also didn't think, because I wondered how that was going to be brought up. And, and to, you know, 58-minute opening speech, I, I guess, I knew it was going to be covered in there. Like, I didn't think this was going to be something we had to be like, hey, Josh, I don't know if you've heard, um, there is a vacancy. So I, I wondered how it was going to be done. And then he started getting into basketball and it was like, okay, you know, the season was this, that, and the other, and it was great. And I'm happy with Brad and we're going to miss these guys and, and Chester's good. And I'm excited. I'm like, okay, we're getting closer. So he's either going to just stop and not address this or he's going to address it. And he didn't, I will say, Jeremy, I didn't expect him to go in there and be like, don't know what's happening. Nothing. Yeah. I don't know. But I think it's to the point, and, and we've talked about this in a, maybe a little more nuanced way than some other conversations have, have happened around people who follow Illinois athletic. This has taken a while, right? Yes. I mean, just objectively by any measure you look at this, it's taken a while. So I think at some point, if this in-person roundtable would have been a, a month ago, I don't know that there's a lot of need to really uh, to, to say anything, but because it's now, you know, a month and a half, two months after, you know, kind of this reshuffling, I, I thought it was something that he had to bring up and yeah. he did and we'll see. And you're right. I, I definitely think they've got their guy or they may, maybe they're working out between a couple, but it doesn't sound like they are at the beginning of this search. Right. And I would certainly hope not at this point in the calendar, but. And to be honest, I can't blame some Illini fans for hand wringing because we don't have a lot of information and we're a conduit to them. And so we can't tell them, Hey, it's going to be fine. Okay. Like, but Josh Whitman coming out and doing that, maybe it's something Brad Underwood should have just did, done two weeks ago and said, guys, it's going to be okay. It's going to take some time though. Okay. It's all going to work out. Don't worry about it. Trust me. We we're going to find somebody or, you know, things are lining up for it just to say, guys, we, we got a guy. It's just, he's got some other gig he needs to do right now. So, I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense unless you feel really good or you feel like you already have your person to go into June recruiting without a third assistant, right? Like, so there has to be a logical explanation. And Josh Whitman seemed to say today, there is certainly a logical explanation. He just, but the quote was so great. He said, I just encourage people to let it go. We're going to be fine. And it really is more about timing than anybody else. But he basically said, tell them, like he, he told us, tell them, uh, I just encourage people to let it go. Like it's, it's going to be okay, guys. It's just kind of I funny. almost wanted to slide my laptop over and let him just post in the premium board, like a message from Josh. Um, yeah. yeah, man. I, I, again, I thought it had to be done, but yeah, I think Brad could have helped himself just by saying it, like whether it's who, whatever in a few ways. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I think Brad has really, and look, I'm sure he's pumped about whoever, if he's got somebody, obviously he would have to be pumped about them to bring them a part of this. But I think, if you know it's going to take a little bit and maybe to be fair, maybe he did not know that when we spoke, when they promoted Jeff. Uh, but I think there could have been a little more breaks involved in this before. Uh, but Hey, here it is. Well, I, you, he must be very confident in this person to wait, right? Like whoever this is, he must feel really, really good because I, I mean, did he know when he talked to us uh, a month ago or whatever it was a couple weeks ago when he said, you guys like, 
minds would literally be blown, which I hope not because that would literally hurt a lot and people would be sad about it. Um, so like, yeah, I, I don't know how, if that's the same person, like if he got one of those people, I will tell you an NBA assistant, no matter who it is, would blow my mind. Right. Because I, I just, we've talked about it before, I, an NBA assistant uh, to go to the college game, willingly recruit all of that. Uh, I think it'd be It'd be, it'd blow my mind to be honest with you. Now, whether they're the best fit, whether it's the next great recruiter, I don't know, or whether it's some person that's been a college recruiter who's proven, uh, we'll see. Um, but we're going to have to wait. We're going to have to wait a little bit longer, but at least now we know, uh, we can relax according to, to Josh Whitman. All right, let's get into the the bigger topics of the day. We got to address hockey. We got to address basketball. Uh, We got to address football and what he's seen there. We got to address huge changes in the NCAA uh, and Josh Whitman's take on that and Josh Whitman's big stance on gambling uh, as well. So let's get into all of that. But the number one topic I thought today, the most important topic that I wanted to learn about Joey uh, was COVID and and the impact on the program. And, And Josh was very forthright. Uh, statistically and giving us the information that we all wanted uh, and that I think everybody needed to hear that is fans of this program. Uh, And just to go in to the number one thing is the health and safety of the program. Uh, 105,000 tests they ran in the division uh, of intercollegiate athletics, which is amazing. 175 positive tests. That's 122 for student athletes, 53 for staff members. They had 350 stints in quarantine due to contact tracing, but they had zero hospitalizations, zero illnesses, zero cases of myocarditis, which is great news. I, I don't think, I think it's also surprise or not surprising news that, you know, young people, right, who are athletes, did not have serious cases of this, but I also think it's a great sign that there was only 175 positive cases in the entire program with how many people, hundreds and maybe even a thousand people in that uh, intercollegiate athletics department. Um, that's pretty good. And they had no athletic events canceled due to COVID. And I thought some of the most important numbers he shared today uh, were the vaccination numbers. 75% of Alana student athletes have at least been partially vaccinated. 68% are fully vaccinated. 90% of Alana staff members uh, are, are fully vaccinated. So uh, that'll go a long way to stop the spread uh, going into the next season. And uh, he's there's a lot of incentive. Josh Whitman said that He's not going to require, but he's expecting all students to get vaccinated. I know some people might be upset with that, but I think that's the the right call for an athletic director. Um, But that whoever is not vaccinated will have to go through the same protocols. So they'll have to be masked. They'll have to be socially distanced. They'll have to uh, take tests almost daily. So uh, pretty pretty strong reason uh, to to go through with a vaccination. And if you don't, you just got to deal with the, the things you have to go through all the last year. So I thought those were... Interesting numbers, um, and uh, that's what they lived for the last year, right? Yeah, so let's first of all, let's dive into the 175 uh, positive tests. I, I'm only doing that because there's the 350 stints in quarantine. Josh roundabout circled that a little bit back to the SHIELD program and, and the campus testing that they had, not they, I mean, no one in the athletic department did, but the, but the, the university had, had created. And, and he said, look, in, in some cases, what we now know as part of our daily vocabulary, the viral load was not high enough basically to be contagious. So could that have looked different, right? If it's just a Big Ten antigen, and we've seen this, you know, throughout uh, other programs within the, con- the conference, 
does that maybe look different? I don't know. I mean, it's just you know, people are like, oh my god, they got to get tested every day, and and what? Well, this this more or less is why, right? Yeah, and, ju- and just gets different. Just to refresh people, that saliva test would detect any kind of COVID uh, in you about a two days or three days before the antigen test. And usually if you test positive for the antigen test, uh, which is just the how they get it, how the scientists and experiments go through this. Uh, but if, if you test a positive for the antigen test, you are probably contagious already. If you test a positive for the saliva test right then, if you're doing it daily, you probably weren't contagious. So they were able to quarantine those people, get them away from people. So it really stopped the spread compared to what you saw with Michigan or Minnesota, right? And if I remember right, Brandon Peters was a positive on the saliva. And I do not believe he ever was an antigen positive, which again, and look, this isn't, we just don't know what it would have been, but this is why these measures were in place. And it's easy for me to sit in a chair who wasn't tested daily at five o'clock every morning after, you know, in the case of basketball, late games or whatever the case may be. But as you start to get some numbers and some real life, understanding of what this could have been that that's why and it, it all makes sense and the vaccination was interesting i did not expect frankly for josh to share the percentage numbers today uh we're not early i wouldn't say in the vaccination process but you know it's still fairly i would say middle early middle in terms of when this became available really to everybody so i didn't think he would share that but those are pretty good numbers i mean let's be honest and you don't have to make anybody do this and again they will not but it's what you said it's what josh said do you want to be the 5 a.m daily testing group mm-hmm. do you want to wear a mask and sit away from people and, and some people are going to say bring it on I, i'm here for that and that's whatever but he he said you know i think he expects just not even in terms of like you know when a parent comes down and said i expect this this i just think he expects in terms of just understanding how people operate that that number will increase by the time the fall seasons really, really yeah. get going. Uh, so I mean, that was really interesting. The 90% of staff members fully vaccinated that. If I remember correctly, I think Brett said his staff was 100%. His football coaching staff was 100%. Which he did not vaccinated. say in the spring, right? Like he didn't, he said, yeah, right. we don't have Quite our full staff. Yeah, he yeah. said, we don't have our full staff vaccinated yet. And then recently, uh, last week, he said our, our full staff, he believes is, is vaccinated. So I think, you know, having to show up every day, you know, for, for that rather than maybe one bad day, like we had, uh, it it is, it is worth it. All right. I I thought the biggest question I had, and I was kind of bracing myself for the number, right. Of, okay, there was a health and safety. Then there was a financial impact of this. We had to balance all of that out, right. Everybody in the country dealt with that. It's no different than the athletics department. And Whitman said the number he thought that or estimates that they will lose a net loss this year is 12 to $18 million. I got to be honest with you, Joey, I was bracing for a bigger number than that. Not that that is chicken scratch, right? Like that is, that is a big number. And it has huge impacts on this program, and they're going to have to find a way to make up for it in the long term. But Josh was talking about $40, $50 million, uh, back when, when this all started, thinking they might not play a football season. 
that played a big role getting those media rights dollars though it was down uh the conference payout by 10 million this year he said uh, obviously the loss in revenue of of everything that they went through of, of not having fans what would he say today they had uh 4, fans none paid usually they had last year they had 583,000 fans in the same amount of athletic events so it's just unbelievable but uh, they had a lot of cost savings measures all of that but that that's a big number, but I I was expecting a bigger number. And even Josh was saying, "Hey, this was this was a, a little bit better than I thought it was going to be." I think it was better than a lot of people. And th- my mind goes like, "Man, what about those SEC schools that kind of skirted a little bit of um, so, some what we knew as normal?" But for people wondering, okay, what does because when he said that, I thought, okay, lower than I thought. Well, what's it mean? Like, well, what does twelve to eighteen million mean? And he hopes that some of that will go down as they get to the end of the fiscal year, which is June 30th, um, 15, 14 days. I'm kind of wondering like how much that can really change, but I am not in finance for a reason, but the other, so how do they pay that? Like, how do they begin to climb out of this? Basically it's, it's how quickly as I understand it, the university expects them to pay this back. Yeah. Right. So if they say we want, you know, a lot in a short amount of time, then you, then there's going to be ways to, to pull the levers and adjust that. Now, if they allow it to spread it out, then you can maybe maintain what a sense of normalcy without making more cost-saving measures. But yeah, because basically what's happened, the university is loaning, right? The, the, the athletic department money so they can float this, they can get through this year, but they're still going to have to have, it sounds like they're going to have, you know, cost saving measures in and that's why it's also important i think why he made the move for football he had to get as many fans in there as possible he has to make as much revenue as possible and that basketball program is making it right when they when this year i think there's gonna be a lot of sellouts and that's gonna help him a lot football he might have close to a sellout it, with with Brett Bielma there, Bielma building up success, you know, a, a lot of hopes. It was expensive to get him. It was expensive, not as expensive as, you know, most buyouts at this point, but it's expensive to fire an entire football staff and then to hire an entire new one and give them the resources that, that Josh Whitman has. But um, I think that's important. But also, you know, they've cut uh, some jobs. They've bought out some people. They've, you know, not hired uh, and they're not going to fill some of those vacancies that they've had. So they've had to trim around the edges a little bit. They had to take uh, a lot of pay cuts that saved them a million dollars last year. So uh, they're probably going to have to continue doing that stuff the next couple of years. But if football and basketball, you know, bring in fans like they can bring in fans, maybe they can make up for it a little quicker. You know, I thought somebody asked Brett or asked Josh, a question. I mean, look, we saw programs across the country cut right universities cut programs and they someone said you know josh was that on the table for you and i thought josh this may have been one of uh, the the most telling answers of of the day which was really full of telling answers he said look if any let me because they they didn't cut anything they didn't come close to cutting anything but josh said look if if an athletic director tells you they didn't put every single option on the table in those dark days of may 2020 june 2020 as you tried to figure out a way where you don't even know if there's going to be a fall season, they'd be lying. You have to address everything. So yes, 12 to 18 is a lot. It's less than 40, but it didn't come at the expense of some of these programs. And and he said, he said, Illinois doesn't have as many programs as some of the other big 10 institutions, but the fact that they did not do that is quite the, 
I don't want to say feet, but it, it is fairly impressive that they were able to not cut anything and also only lose 12 to eight, only 12 to 18 million. All right. So we covered the COVID aspect of this and one of the big stories, and we wrote it right away just so fans could calm down about uh, Illinois basketball and their third assistant. We come back, Joey. I, I want to ask you like what you thought the next biggest thing to come out of Josh Whitman's media roundtable, two hours with us media. We'll talk about that next on the Illini Enquirer podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, Joey, can we can we say on the count of three, one, two, three, say it, what we thought the next biggest story was? Are you ready? Yeah, let's rock. Okay. One, two, three, hockey. Gambling. Oh, there you go. All right, you take it. Gambling. I, I just thought, look, and, and I'll say, I mean, we've seen a little bit of this. Josh has taken a little bit of heat. He's like, this isn't something I'm I'm down for. The, the gambling on college athletics in college athletics or within the state, right? So people in Illinois can't gamble on Illinois, and Josh is for that. And, look, you can agree or disagree with him. I Frankly, I don't entirely know. I'm not a gambler, so I'm like, eh, I don't care. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. to me. Like, I don't have any profound opinion on this. I know a lot of people do. But his logic, if you follow it, I, I thought he was very forthright instead of just being like, nope, sorry, I'm just not here for it. Yeah. He, he was probably spoke the most passionately about gambling, and he – he circled it back to a few things. One, he said, and, and again, again, I'm not advocating for what he said, but this is what he, he said. Yeah. He said, look. J- just, to wi- just to whiteboard this a little bit, Whitman has been the face of athletic directors in the state telling the Illinois legislature, right, we don't want them – we don't want people to be able to bet on in-state college football games inside the borders, right? And a lot of gambling proponents, understandably – don't like that because like, well, they can do this in Indiana. They can do it in Wisconsin. They can do it online. They can go to a bookie. It's going to happen regardless. Yeah, Josh Whitman has quite an unpopular take, uh, I, I would say, on this of not allowing people to gamble, which is illegal now at certain areas or a points bet app or whatever you do if you register in person. Again, I'm not a huge gambler either. I don't bet uh, on sports. But I know it can drive a lot of interest, and I know it can drive even some revenue into the game if it drives interest into your game, which could help media rights and all of that, right? So, um, but he has been the face of that, like on in Springfield, uh, he's been in those uh, legislature meetings, like being the advocate for all Division One athletics. I just wanted to white whiteboard that. And his, he said, and I don't have access to the other thirteen athletic directors in the state. But he said this is 
what they all think too. Like he's yeah. not alone in this fight. So just to put that out there, but his logic is in the NBA and the NFL as a professional athlete, you can make yourself a little insulated, right? And you have enough people where you can have security and, and, and you know, you don't have a, an upset gambler with you with, with, you know, it's harder for access and his Josh's stance is it's harder to create that bubble for college kids. And we've talked about bubbles for 12 months, but he, it's harder to do that. And he said, you have people betting who are betting on kids who, and he, he pointed out kids. I mean, that, that was a, a point of his speech here about this. He said, these kids can't even gamble. Like, they, they can't do this legally, but you're putting money on them to gamble legally. And he tied that into what's really, I don't know, I don't know that, I mean, the, the tie makes sense, but I think it's a different bear itself that the social media yeah. rhetoric directed towards athletes and, and how all of that kind of plays in. Uh, I don't, you know, like I said, I don't gamble, but his, his stance was pretty passionate. I, again, I think that's what he spoke most passionately about today, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. So this was one of the major topics I wanted to ask him about because I know his stance. I don't know why his stance is that way. Uh, I've known the theoreticals he's put up, but I also kind of want to know why he thinks this. Like, is there something that shaped his experience and, and why he doesn't think gambling would be this big problem anyway? Because people are gambling on in-state college games anyway, right? So why not get that revenue for your state, right? If, if you want this state to, to gain more revenue, which certainly this state could use it, and maybe it can drive you know some attention to Illinois football. Right? Maybe somebody will watch an Illinois football game that wouldn't because they're gambling on it. A lot of people I know have to gamble or enjoy sports more because they gamble. I don't. I, it just drives me insane. I hate losing money, even if it's 5 bucks, 10 bucks. I just don't like it. I like the idea of like, oh, odds. Oh, that's, that's a good bet. And maybe I'll do that every once in a while. If I go to Vegas, put like a long-term bet. I don't like going to Vegas and gambling. It's just, I, I don't enjoy that with my money. But uh, I asked him, like, you know, what shaped that? Is there something like in your past? It is theoretical to him, but he believes he has an obligation as an athletic director to do everything to shield his student athletes from any harm. And he thinks opening up gambling in state, legalized gambling on in state college games, whether it's real or not, it seems more theoretical to me, but philosophically, he just believes. He can't do that as an athletic director, that opening up gambling and having, you know, these student athletes on an open campus, uh, you know, for gamblers to go there, find that person, whatever, try to influence that person or message them on on social media uh, is, is harmful. He thinks it's really harmful and it's just something he doesn't want to support. He understands. And I followed up with him about, you know, like, does it not bother you about you know, legalized online game. Like that's happening anyway. So like, is it really that much bigger of a deal? He said, listen, I know this is unpopular, but this is just how I philosophically uh, believe that, that my job is to do. So it's really interesting. It's nuanced. I, I think he was very forthright uh, about how he feels that way. And knowing it's not probably the popular thing to say for a guy who usually 
is pretty on the popular side of things and says things that you know people agree with. Uh, but this is one that that I know he's not. Um, on the popular side. And I talked with our guy, Brad Evans, who's a huge Illinois fan and, and huge into gambling um, and, and sports gambling and all that. And, and he said, he's not, he's not going to be on the right side of this. So it'll be very interesting to see how long this can last. Cause it, it sound, see, this is where I should be more of an expert on this, but I believe they're making a little change to that. So I'll look that up here right now, Joey, but I do think they're making a little change to gambling that he wasn't uh, very happy about. Yeah. I, uh, I also found, Jeremy, the geography of just the location. Uh, I mean, look, Illinois, University of Illinois is, you know, when you're talking gambling on college athletics in the state of Illinois, no no slight to any other program, but you're probably looking at Illinois and Northwestern, right? The big power five institutions. And if you look, and this obviously doesn't play, but geographically where Illinois is located, if you're a fan in Danville, you drive like 10 minutes. Yeah, you here in- you go. Uh, you can. They just passed in the legislature. You can bet on in-state college games in person at a casino, racetrack, or OTB. So you can do those in person. You can't do it on your points bet app or whatever it is. I don't understand the difference then. Well, you can just do it from your home if you're just on your points bet app. Sure, I get that, but like right. if you can... Well, know, that's what jo- Josh isn't a fan of this. Like Josh isn't a fan sure, of this change yeah. that they just. Had. But to me, I mean, you open one, you, you may the. Uh, I, th- I think I think this is a step towards that, right? It feels sure, like it's and, a step towards. And look, Josh is going to like it, and and we'll see the validity of you know how many of these other. Th- and I don't think he was lying, but you know we'll see what this looks like. Uh, it, I just thought it was interesting. I, I thought, yeah. I, honestly, Jeremy, I don't know, like. I dabbled around with gambling like five years. And when I say that, I mean, like I put like five bucks on the, just like, Oh, that'd pay out 50. If it happens. What was, what was the sports side? It was when I was in college. So you were probably, you know, in college, it was probably popular, but it was like penny bets. It was like 10 cent bets for, for people who did like, didn't want to like go in the deep end, but wanted a little play. So it was like, you'd put a dollar bet on something or 10 cents on this just to, to make it more interesting. I forget what that site was called. I'll have to call it my college boys. I don't know when it took off. Like I like this is literally what we do for a living. And then all of a sudden one day, I'm just like, holy crap! This, like this is everywhere. Like the, the spreads are on ESPN. And, and it's just all over. And I, I'm probably ignorant. Someone who's a a big gambler is gonna be. Like, this has been happening. Like I'm sure yeah. it has. But I, it just really feels like over the course of the last maybe the pandemic like gassed it more right like people are at home i I don't know but like it just feels like it's like oh this is seriously the like the very large topic of conversation and i'm probably ignorant but it just like happened yeah and when you got leagues embracing it now right the professional leagues and, and college hasn't and um you know i wonder if they will in 10 years Right. I, I wonder if they, they do in 10 years, but I, I can at least now understand why Josh feels that way. Um, I don't know if a lot of people will agree uh, with how he feels that way or if it's any different than what's going on right now. OK, I said hockey because I actually didn't have to ask the question. I like waited to ask my gambling questions, but hockey was on my list, uh, of course. And I thought he was going to address it in his opening statement, but. I think it's a it's a topic Josh we've always had to prod him with ever since he did kind of like open this up and I, I joke with him every time Josh you know what I'm going to ask uh, because everyone wants everyone's excited when he announced this hockey project and right before the pandemic Joey we were hearing and Josh confirmed that today they were in the what ten 
inside the 10 yard line to finish this. I, I forgot what analogy he used today. Somewhere in the red zone. I yeah. mean, I, red zone has come up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said, we were about to green light this project, which would have been at that time, a hundred million dollar project that would house hockey, a new division one men's hockey program, the volleyball program, wrestling, and boat gymnastics program. It would solve all those issues. Downtown uh, businesses were in on this. Developers were in on it. Um, the university, obviously, uh, had a little play in this, too. So everybody was on board, and then the pandemic happened. And Josh said they just wanted to take a break from that. Everyone had COVID to deal with and figure that out. And today, he said they're just starting to restart that process of engaging all the partners who involved in this, including the athletics department. He said they've had a few emails back and forth, um, and they'll need financial clarity out of all of this. And I imagine this is a project that will be very hard to do while they are indebted to the university and as they're trying to make this this money up. But he's already talked about doing a, a wrestling right uh, venue by itself, potentially doing a gymnastics venue uh, by itself. And he didn't sound very bullish today, right? He said, we got to figure out if this is even feasible. But he said, we, we've walked so far down the road that I'm obligated. We can't just walk away from it. So I, I don't think hockey sounds that promising, at least today. Maybe a year we're in a different place. And Josh Woodman says, hey, everybody's on board again. Everybody's ready to go. Let's go do this. Uh, but he, he did not set high expectations today when a year ago, uh, if COVID didn't happen, I think he was ready to announce the program. Sure, yeah. And I, I think he had financial commitments from people, uh, handshake agreements. Essentially, this gets going, we'll take, but intentionally did not take money because it, I don't want to say it didn't always feel like a pipe dream, but to me, that was kind of telling if you didn't take money for this, you, you know, it's a smart, it turned out to be a very smart decision to not. So, so it's not like they have nothing, but to get this going again, he would, he, um, just, I like it, he said, it's getting the band back together, which is one of my favorite analogies for anything. But basically it's like, okay, these were people who had financially committed previously. So let's start to get back out there, see where they are, see where we are, if we can get this thing going again. I I don't know how bullish I am. I, you know, maybe, right? I think it's, you have to, I don't know the, the financial status of the people who had committed you know, verbal agreements to give money. Maybe they're hurting more than others. We, we don't know that, right? But I would imagine if they had that much money, they might even have more money after the pandemic. Yeah, it seems to hey, be the hey, way hey, things well, We could be on the way other side of this. But <laughs> yeah. it's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I am a little surprised he didn't bring it up in his opening statement because yeah. like he knew like it happened. And then it was like a title where he was like, ah, I was waiting for this. And I mean, he probably got asked more questions in his hour question taking about hockey than anything. Yeah, so I... I don't know. I mean, I think he's right. I mean, you don't get as far as they allegedly got. And, and we don't know. Like, there, there's no point where it's like they got to this. We, we don't know that. I mean, I'm sure there is that point, but I, I don't know what it is. So you don't get that far to turn around and say, yeah, hey, yeah, what a fun run. Boy, all that work we put in and, and all of these plans we designed and all that. Yeah, you know, sorry, we lost it. I mean, that's just not how this thing works. It may turn out they're like, hey, nope. You know, we, we don't have this money. That, that's really what comes down to. The interest, obviously, is still there. Josh believes this could be a third revenue sport, which was an interesting line to me because, I, I mean, that's a bold line. That's, a, frankly, a pretty bold line to, to draw. So, I don't know, man. It, I, I think there's hope. I, obviously, if he can get the finances together, I think he would, you know, he'd hit the gas on this thing and make it happen. But it, 
We just don't know the status or really, Jeremy, we don't know how many people were involved, right? Like right. We, it was just 20 people and you've got to hope all 20 dominoes line up the same way or was it three or four? Because that's an easier thing to navigate. We, we just don't know. Yeah. Has anything changed for the developers? Anything changed for Champagne? right? The city of Champagne, all of that. So um, he, he just didn't sound as bullish today. He didn't set high expectations uh, would be my answer to, to right. anybody who asked about it. Like I, if you would ask me, a year ago or a year and year and two months ago, I would have said, man, there's like a 99% chance of this happening. Now I don't even know what that percentage would be, but it'd be far lower. It'd be, it'd be far lower. And, and, and even Josh said, um, he said something along the lines of like, I feel obligated to relook at it, but I don't feel obligated to do it. So I thought that was an interesting way of saying that. All right, I thought the other big thing was kind of the big picture, the macro of NCAA athletics. Josh called this the most consequential year for college athletics in, in, in modern uh, history, and, and I don't disagree with him. I think about what we have coming down the pipe, and I know for a lot of people, the one-time transfer rule and, and uh, you know name, image, and likeness, those are monster changes to college athletics that Josh talked about. But he continues, and he's been saying this for a while. And you know, I've tried to do some some updates on this in the, in the past, but I just I think he's right when he talks about the Alston uh, versus NCAA case in the Supreme Court, which is basically the NCAA on trial, right? And what does the Supreme Court think of the NCAA's model? Is this um, you know taking advantage of student athletes? Like, is this uh, almost like? a monopoly basically the ncaa that they are going to decide on this soon they've already heard oral cases or arguments for this so they could decide this at any point and this could completely change the ncaa model and josh said people aren't talking about this like, people are talking about it but not enough like this is a bigger deal than even name image and likeness but josh said name image and likeness is the biggest change to college athletics uh that he's seen in modern history and then you could have the alston case on top of that then you have the one-time transfer rule which we know has changed the landscape of college athletics josh thinks that could change eventually that that maybe some kids who enter the transfer portal and we've seen a few of them joey it's not as good as you think because there's only so many spots. There's only so many scholarships at, at these places. So uh, I agree with him. Uh, this is this is a year that that has changed college athletics, and that's even without COVID. Yeah, and, I mean, I, I thought that was going to be a lot of the conversation walking into this, right? And I, I'll be honest, I don't know a ton about the Austin case. Uh, like, so I don't. I guess I don't know enough where I would feel comfortable trying to lay out the, the exact. Uh, lines of thinking, but it, it truly is a a huge deal. And and name, image, likeness, like it's it's weird, Jeremy. Because I mean, Josh has kind of been. Well, here, here, I'll just give you a, Axios sure. is one of my favorite websites, and they give good quick breakdowns. And here, here's what I'll tell you: um, they wrote the Ninth Circuit last year sided with former West Virginia running back Sean Alston in his antitrust case against the NCAA, ruling that schools can provide unlimited academic-related expenses to their athletes. Uh, if SCOTUS upholds the decision, it could open the door for a pay-for-play system in which schools compete for talent by shelling out thousands under the legal guise of education benefits. 
So student-athlete compensation has been top of mind for years, but the glacial pace, uh, which that's progressed, uh, continues to frustrate them. That's from Axios. He says, in theory, the NCAA isn't against finding ways to secure compensation for its athletes as long as there are proper guardrails in place to ensure it maintains the aura of amateurism, which is all the NCAA is about is the aura of amateurism. I think we all know. What a cute thing. Um, <laughs> it's all of this, right? That name image likeness, this is all happening. Like at the same time, as you're coming out of a pandemic, as you're welcoming in this transfer portal. And like, this is real. Like we, we look at this off season micro, like, boy, this is a crazy off season for, you know, Illinois basketball or football or whatever the case may be, but zoom out a little bit and the horizons are changing. I think that's why you're seeing some longtime coaches, like, uh, uh, that is a bear I'm not trying to fight anymore here. Like, there's just so much happening. And name, image, likeness, Jeremy, we, we, like, to me... There's just not as much control anymore, right? Like, if you're Mike Krzyzewski, it's just, the control is, it's no longer you, man. Like, you got to, and, and I think Brad is obviously struggling with that as well. I think a lot of coaches are, are struggling with that at all, but who's going to adapt to it? Who's who's going to... Who's going to adapt? And, and and I think it's one thing Brett Bielema has done really well. I mean, this is a guy who obviously had control at Wisconsin and Arkansas, uh, and, and you could think of as kind of this old school guy, right? He's embraced all this and said, hey, these are the rules. i got to find a way to succeed with them. He came back for, like, knowing this. Yeah. He, he could have stayed in the NFL, got himself a nice paycheck, and, and worked his way up to whatever, you know, the, the ceiling is for him in that league. But he came back to this, so – Name, image, likeness is a big deal, especially here in the state of Illinois, because like July 1st, this party's moving, man. Like this is happening. And like it or not, I don't even understand why you wouldn't like it at this point. Like you literally don't have to do anything. Kids can make money for going on the radio and saying, I'm Io DeSumo and I support X business or whatever. It doesn't cost you anything to hurt your ears. So, I mean, this is coming. And, And one of my questions one, I think there's so much that goes into this. I mean, you talk from a social media, how do you brand athletes? What so many things move on to how many people are monitoring, you know, who you are are doing these endorsements for? What are they social media endorsements? Are they local? So many of those things. And then we've waited for the NCAA. And I, I feel like this is in people I've talked with, which not a ton, but enough where I, I would feel comfortable like. Like, man, we gave you guys the chance to do something. Here. Josh Whitman said they give him 12 to 18 months, whether it's the NCAA or the federal government. And and, and we know how U.S. Congress is operating right now. It's hard to anything to get done. Like, they haven't provided a solution. More importantly, the NCAA has just sat on its hands with this, hoping, some, hope, hoping Congress would bail them out with this. And then some states have said, okay, we're giving you a deadline. And Illinois joined in on that. Cam Buckner was a part of that. And Josh Whitman said, we thank them. They at least gave us in state uh, some some like, you know, very thorough rules of what can and can't do. But Illinois can do that and other states around them can't. So maybe they can benefit from this in the short term. But it's crazy that we're sitting there on July 1st and Illinois has no idea exactly what's going to happen. Or, or the compliance, like, what does the compliance office do? Like, how do they handle this? Like, do you plan they, for the state law because that's what you know is yes. coming? Or do, you, or do you slow play that and think, okay, there's going to be some sort of nap? You don't know. And then I wondered, like, like if you're Andre Corbello on July 1st, do you have something lined up? Like, <laughs> do, if I'm Andre Corbello on July 1st, I'm making sure, one, I'm staying in campus if workouts aren't still going on. And I am just tour day champagne and, and offering my voice to whoever wants it. But I thought, like, okay, 
if the NCAA has no plan here, and look, there's still kind of a lot of ball game left until July 1st. Strangely enough, there's going to be another board of directors meeting. Maybe something will come out of that. But will they say, like, no, sorry, because we don't have it? And I asked Josh, I said, well, they, you know, because Illinois can do whatever they want, but if the NCAA were to come in and say, no, sorry, you're not eligible because you've accepted money, well, it doesn't really matter what the law is because yeah. you're not going to be playing. And Josh said, no. And, and that lines up with what I've heard. Like, the NCAA is – they're not passing anything, but they're not getting in the way of anything either. And right. that is a big deal. And that is how these states that have passed it, and they are growing, Jeremy. The, mm-hmm. the state, the number of states that are jumping on board with this, are they're not slowing down. That's why there is, for whatever window it is, and maybe there isn't a window, maybe the NCAA and the federal government figure this thing out before July 1st. But if there's a window from July 1st to September 1st. Well, I mean, that's just so an ambiguous number out or an arbitrary number out there. That's two months of like whatever states are doing this. That, that is an inherent advantage to them. And good for Illinois for jumping on board because I don't think it, it's literally like the least you could do for a college mm-hmm. athlete at this point. So it, that is so interesting. And it's just a backdrop of to circle back this, this off season of really reevaluating what the NCAA is. Right. And it's going to be interesting. I think there's going to be, you know, for people that like, you know, me, I'm in favor of name, image and likeness. Uh, I'm in favor of the one time transfer rule. But there are like there are adjustments and there could be unintended consequences that do have a negative impact on college athletics. Right. I think in the overall scheme of things, it will have a positive, but it's going to change. And I, I think for some coaches, that's going to be really hard because there's less power maybe in some of their hands. Uh, but maybe that's a good thing. Uh, for for the long term of uh, of the sport, but we'll see where it goes from here. Uh, he also addressed college football expansion, not for that long. He said philosophically it makes sense, and I, I think everybody uh, would agree. Most people would agree with that. Um, increased access, you know, school like Illinois can at least dream of it if they're ever right. Like in the Big Ten West championship, like if they make a Big Ten title game, they have a chance, right? Like if they have that one year where they win nine or ten games, you have a chance to crack that and at least have the idea or hope that you're competing for an NCAA championship. And I think that's what makes a lot of these tournaments, whether it's the playoffs in professional sports or, you know, the tournaments in the NCAA, what makes them so much fun is so many teams can have at least the hope that they can make it that far. But he didn't say there's got to be a long list of of concerns and issues uh, before they agree on a certain one. So I, w- I would say he was in favor of it, but he wants more information. But yeah, nothing, also, nothing ridiculous. I thought. Out of yeah. That. Also, though, I mean, to me, some of the like the long list is like logistically, how does this look in terms? And maybe I mean, look, Josh is a far smarter individual than I am, uh, so I'm sure there's just something I'm missing. But I, I, I wish I had gone back and followed up on what you know what some of his concerns, uh, not even concerns, because that, that makes it sound like he's not in favor. But what some of his questions were regarding it, but. Yeah, I think that's a good follow-up for Big Ten Media Day. Like, he's usually there. Like, uh, that, that's a good month from now when they probably have decided uh, what, what, they, what they're going to do. But um, felt like there were so many other bigger issues that, hey, we got his opinion. Uh, let's move on uh, from that one. Anything else big, Joe? I mean, obviously, he, he touched on the programs. He called Mike Small the, the best golf coach in the country. Uh, basketball, he, he gave all the plaudits to that. I do, I do want to say... He he made a comment about Iowa to Sumo and Kofi that certainly yeah. made it seem like Kofi is gone, 
And he said yep. their jerseys will be in the rafters at some point. But he said, I appreciate everything they've given for this program. And, you know, Kofi reportedly is going to stick in and Kofi retweeted one of them. It's just, there's not, not been the exact, like clear, like, Hey, I'm gone. Um, yeah. which I wish someone would just do at this point, but like, it, it certainly seems like, like they are gone. And, and Josh did say, yeah, this was a weird off season, way more, uh, turnover than we wanted, uh, or expected. But some of that was bad luck with Steven Gentry going to his alma mater, Orlando going back to Kentucky, both those programs needing an assistant. Um, so, so he mentioned that, but he said he's got full faith in Brad Underwood. I thought Scott Ritchie asked a great question about contract extension because I thought that would have been done in April. But with the assistant thing, he said that's that's prolonged that. But Josh seems pretty comfortable that they will extend Brad. They extended Brad last year, right? Gave him a big bump and, and extended years. But usually you have best season ever. They're going to extend you again. Can we talk about Kofi real quick? I, yeah. I mean, I know it's a topic of conversation this morning, right? It, we can't say Kofi is 100% gone. Do I think that? I lean there, yeah. I mean, it's – I'm able to follow arrows that are put in front of me. I, I, but Kofi has not come out and said, I am not returning to school. Clearly, no one has, right? Like he hasn't just, I, I am not returning. Like Io DeSumo sure. is no longer in the Illinois roster. He has made it clear he is gone. Georgie Bashanishvili has made it clear he, he is gone. Like Kofi said the goodbye, you know, but like everybody does that when they enter I the draft. That last year. Yeah, everybody does that when they enter the draft. The player's trunk thing certainly seems to be like he is going to be I, gone. I, but- I agree. And I, I want to touch on that because this ties into exactly what we were talking about with name image likeness. I think if Kofi elected to come back and they said, well, you sold your stuff on player's trunk, he could turn around and say, that was three weeks. Before you guys pass this, so I could do that, I could have done this legally. Could there be a waiver? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That, but I, I could see where they would say, "Yeah, this is kind of a weird gray summer here." But most likely, look, he's gone. It's just he hasn't clearly made it. He's gone, but until he says it, until he picks up the phone and calls us or tweets it, or Illinois takes him off the roster. <laughs> yes, it's just hard for. Uh, now we can provide all the context, and yeah, we we do think he's gone. That that I mean, again, it, it all lines up, but. It's just hard for us as reporters to put our fist down and say he is not coming back because people listen to us and expect the right information. And maybe that is the right information, but you cannot guess it. Well, it's totally a social media age. It's like, hey, we got to look on retweets and, and all that stuff and players trunk. And like that's it's like, yeah, those are all signs that, that he's, he's likely gone and, and sticking. And really, we address those and reporters who cover Illinois have addressed those. He retweeted this and, and that's as far and that makes us feel more. But he didn't say I am gone. Thank you, Illinois. <laughs> no, when that happens or when he is selected the NBA draft, I will know, but it's, or, or Illinois, it, give us a statement. Like just give us a, a release. That'd be, it's all semantics, right? I mean, it's just, it's just kind of how things have to work on our end. So we aren't poor reporters. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that was my rant. I, I want to wrap up with with this, Joey. I just think Whitman um, is is so good at this. Like at, at this, like we haven't talked to him in seven months, basically. Right? Uh, you talked to him for a track story, but it was like understood. I'm just asking him about the opening of Demergent Park, which was a big deal for them. We talked to him uh, when Mike Poeta was the new wrestling coach, but it was just wrestling. This and, and even we talked to him seven months ago, it was about Brett Bielema getting hired. And that was the focus, right? It was the football program. 
Uh, this was a year's worth of stuff in this year. And while sitting through 58 minutes of an introductory press conference doesn't sound like all that like exciting, he gave so much information, was very forthright. And I've said this before, I think he's a really good athletic director. I, I think he's uh, Illinois at the time took a little bit of a gamble on a 37 year old, right? Who had been at a division three school, but he is incredibly bright. He has a vision for what the future is. I mean, you might not agree with everything with him, but I mean, everyone you talk to in the athletics department, whether they've been there for decades or been there a year or two, they, they think that guy, like he is a born leader and, um, you can tell by how much he talked about today, Joey, and looking at his notes, like he had copious notes as a lawyer would. Um, he is organized and he is very good at the media part of it. He is very good at the messaging part of his program. And I thought that came through again today. Um, he has answers. He doesn't stammer with it. He's confident in it. And uh, I thought a lot of them were satisfactory answers. Yeah, and I mean, again, the 58-minute opening, That what I think I appreciate about these, Jeremy, is like we went in, you, you've written, I mean, you wrote this morning, this is what I want to ask about. Bob Osmondson at the News Gazette did a, a very similar thing with 10. Josh, I mean, it's not like you got to prod and pull and, you know, there's a big sigh where it's like, oh, man, I, geez, I thought this might come up, and now with, it is. With, with the finance thing, it's like, am I going to have to FOIA all this? <laughs> are we going to have to like, you know, some athletic directors might make you do that. And, you know, eventually that information is going to be out there. And I think Josh knows that. So we might as well provide it to people. And I think it also, this is his state of the union, right? This is his state of the program. And while Illinois does not want this whole thing to be posted or transcripted, um, I think he knows it's important for the hundreds of thousands uh, of Illini fans or a million or whatever it is that they are know what's going on in the program and they know the direction of the program. And and he usually provides a pretty good direction. Two things quickly, if I could, that I want to talk about, because we just talked about how they're expecting 12 to $18 million, you know, financial loss from this. But when I pulled up, I saw the baseball come up. Ubin is surrounded by a pile of that's donations. I mean, and I, I will say when Josh started talking about revenue and bounce, I'm like, oh, buddy, this is just that. This isn't. I don't. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to dumb this down for me yeah. if you could. And he did. The money, the donations, basically go in to a, we'll just say a bank account for for lack of better terms. When a bill comes up, like on Ubin, we've completed this project. We're tasked. They withdraw and they pay, and that's how it goes. So it isn't like they've got a bank account of all the oven expenses sitting there. Right. They're, di- they're different funds is basically what you're saying. Sure. So, like, yeah. the revenue they lost was because they didn't have people in the stands. Right. right? And they lost some money on the, the licensing, the advertising, the, the media rights, all of that stuff. They lost money uh, that they usually get from that. But they are doing all these projects still, um, whether it's oven or baseball or softball, because they have donations that have to go to that, right? So do you just put it off or just continue with the project, get those donations still, and maybe put yourself, he said, put the gas on the pedal coming out of the pandemic, right? So maybe it provides you uh, a competitive advantage when you come out, but there really probably isn't much of a reason to stop that because those funds are there. You cannot take those funds to pay for this employee 
right? Or to pay for this loss of scholarship money. Um, and scholarship money, I, I should say, is, is, is all fundraised too, but, um, or, or to pay for this bill, right? I, I can't do that. Like, that's not how this whole thing works. It's not just one big athletics department fund and this donation of one million can go to whatever I want. No, it's what that person who donated wants. It's two separate funds at least. And, you know, athletics here, the, the other funds are here. I, I, I will say I thought the, the donor-funded super senior thing was really unexpected to me. I did not know that was a thing. Yeah, so all the scholarships that they are doing for super seniors, all the additional spring athletes, which he said was $400,000, and the fall and winter, which he said is $1 million to $1.5 million, additional scholarship funds. He said that's all been uh, raised through donations from the iFund. And, and Howard Milton, this team, who, who's the head fundraiser at Illinois, those those people have done unbelievable work. Yeah, I, I just thought those two, two things were interesting, and it, I feel like we needed to put some context over the fact that they are – they are losing or did lose money but yeah if you drive to campus or if you go to a football game you're going to see buildings popping up and dirt being moved and and that's why and look they're not going to have the same for three years they had more than 40 million dollars in donations now josh would would be happy to exceed 30 uh obviously right the pandemic was financially not great for a lot of people so that's where some of that comes. I just thought it was informative, man. And I know a lot of athletic directors make themselves available to the media, whether it be in a more of a formal setting like this, which was still fairly informal. I mean, in the sense that you're talking to an athletic director, uh, I just, I like that Josh does it. I, I think it's a good way and a good time in the calendar year to, to recap. And he did spend a little time. We didn't talk about it, but he did spend a little time talking about, his impressions of Brett Bielma, and if you're going to get out of some debt, uh, packing Memorial Stadium would be a good way to do that. You talk about that. Brett, Brett is is doing a good job. Josh said he's exceeded some of the expectations that, that he had for Brett. I don't know exactly what the bar was, but, I mean, certainly it was high enough that you hire the guy and you pay him the salary and you put the coaching mm-hmm. staff together. But it, uh, I, I, I just enjoyed this time and, and a chance to, to talk with him, and he doesn't hide it, to what we know, right? I mean, maybe yeah. it's just there's so much and there's, there's well, something so, that doesn't discussed. Well, I'm just thinking of like some of the other athletic directors I, I hear from and like Sandy Barber at uh, Penn State is is really good, but there were some times like during the pandemic and we're figuring all this stuff out, kind of put a foot in the mouth sometimes. Like Gene Smith at Ohio State, like sometimes these are really bright, good athletic directors and sometimes they stick their foot in their mouth. Like Josh has a clear message. I he spends a lot of time, I think, on, on developing that message, and he's obviously a very good writer, and then he can deliver it uh, very well. So, uh, obviously, he's really helped the basketball program here. He's, he's helped the facilities here. He's helped the fundraising here. Now, if he can turn around football. did uh, Gabby, uh, our intern Gabby Heideck, asked uh, about women's basketball, and and Josh said, man, like figuring out women's basketball here is really difficult, but he sounds committed uh, to, to Nancy Faye despite a 6-64 and Big Ten record um, and, and a lot of transfers, all of that. So that question was answered, and he doesn't sound like that's going to be a, hey, show me what you got this one year. It, it sounds like he's going to be committed to her uh, for a while, which I don't know how many people are like angry uh, about that because the women's basketball program just has been bad for a long time through many coaches. Like Teresa Grentz was really the, the last one to have a lot of success here. I think Jolette got to uh, – you know, uh, an uh, NIT final four in her first year, and then just went down from there. And 
And we know what happened uh, under Matt Bolon, who is a really good coach. Nancy Faye's a Hall of Fame coach, uh, and, and they've struggled at this job. So uh, I don't know what the answer is. He doesn't even know uh, exactly what the answers are to, to fix that program, but he thinks Nancy Faye can still find it. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. And I again, I didn't really get I, I didn't get the sense candidly before. I mean, I think how Josh didn't give the sense that lobby was in real trouble either. Right. right. I, I mean, just to be fair, I don't think I expected Josh to sit there and be like, it's gotta be the year. Yeah. This has got to be the, no, he, he, he's, he's going to be one. He's going to be an athletic director, unlike his predecessor who supports his coach until the no. day he can. Yeah. And, and that's exactly the day fires almost, him, almost verbatim what he said in the, the zoom presser. When he fired Lovey, is you're there as long as you can be there, and you're there 100 percent until you can't be. And so, you know, we'll see. Obviously, there's a little different set of eyes and expectations on, on football versus women's basketball in terms of you know right. revenue and all of that. But just enjoyed it. And I thought it was a great question, series of questions by Gabby to to get that because that's kind of I was going to jump in and ask I'm like, oh, yeah, someone's got this up because this has been kind of a rough go of it for Nancy. And yeah, Josh sounds committed, so. We'll see informative and man, we still got a Thursday here to, to do some football stuff. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, it was kind of a slow week or two around here and, and it certainly won't be. We got a, we got a football recruiting event that we got. We got a basketball recruiting event down in normal this weekend and more football camps and official visits and all of it. Uh, so let's get back to work at 10 o'clock on a, on a Wednesday night, Joey. How's that sound? Oh, I just tried that new Celsius, and it's new to me. That Celsius, so uh, I don't know, man. Well, and you, like, you talked to our boy Dylan Meyer, right? I did. Yeah, I actually am about ready to put that story in the system. Can we talk? I can't wait talk. to read it. Uh, Dylan Meyer is one of my dude. He's he's a political junkie, and I you know some people agree with him, some people won't agree with him, but um, he is one of the most fascinating people I've covered, and one of the most enjoyable people I've covered. First time talking to him, and he was pretty. I mean, we didn't dive too. Deep. The dude's playing in the U.S. Open. <laughs> Four years ago, he was a Big Ten golfer of the year, which sounds like a long time, but like golf coming up life, that's not that long. And this is the second U.S. Open. He finished 20th in 2018. 20th. Yep. Good for him, man. I mean, that's I, I, this probably one of the stupidest questions. Like, like, how do you not get starstruck? Like, dude, I sit on the couch Thursday through Sunday, and I'm like, Oh shoot! This is awesome. I asked like, Nick Hardy the same question a couple of weeks ago, man. So don't feel bad about. It. I go like, is it still? Are you are you still starstruck when you see like, you know, um, Tiger Phil. Woods or Phil or yeah? It's it's all that's good for him and and he has said you know he's talked with with Mike Small a, a little bit and frankly Jeremy, you know it's hard for us like Mike talks a lot about the mental aspect of golf like that's something that really means a lot to him. And at first, when I can, I really know Mike and tell this, I'm like, okay, yeah, right, like that, that seems nice. But then when you talk to Dylan, he's like, yeah, we learned how to do all of this before we had to do yeah. all of this. Like, this is a real thing. Now, there are adjustments. How, how do you approach the week? You know, it, it's a different bear, obviously, in one of the four majors. Uh, it's, it's just cool, man. Good for him. That's a it's a fun story. It's good for all of us, too. Thomas Teacher. Yeah. That's so uh. It's fun, man. It's yeah. just the it's a good time. It's nice to be back to normal. It's just so yeah. nice to to see people in person again and, and to shake hands, have, shake hands to to go to a football thing. I don't. Brett 
talked about us maybe running some 40s. I don't anticipate I'll be doing that. Uh, I, I, I don't think they'll do that. I think they, they would have to sign multiple waivers. Uh, and I don't know how many of us would do that. I, I am very out of shape. I'd run, the, I'd run the 40. What do you think I'd run it in? What do you think you'd run it in? I, I think uh, I'd be a, I think in high school, I was like a five, three guy. I bet I'm still there. I bet I could still do a five. Are you kidding me? You, you're five, a five, four, three. maybe five, four. Like I run so a like, lot. I run. I just don't run sprints. So I'd probably pull it. Strength, but is there dad speed? <laughs> I don't know if speed's ever been my thing. So, uh, I think I could crack under five, five. I I'm not think. kidding. I'm about seven seconds. I have to imagine. <laughs> you can't beat Rich Eisen. Rich Eisen's a six guy. Yeah, no way. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I don't even know. At the end of that, just what a terrible disaster I would yeah. be at the end of that 40. But honestly, how fun. You're right. You going to bench it? You going to go bench? No. No. Why would I do that? Put 225 the on there, see how many you can rep out? Zero. I'd rather run the 40. <laughs> It'd be fun, man. It's just exciting to talk about this again. And Big Ten Media Days is around the corner. Yeah. Uh, quicker than I thought, actually. There's just life is coming back, man. It's nice. It's really fun. All right, Joey. Thank you, man. All right, man. Great long conversation as always with Joey Wagner. Give him a follow on Twitter if you would, uh, if you haven't already, at Mr. Wagner25. He's been producing some great content for us, and he's got uh, a busy couple days here, as we all do, Derek and I as well, with everything happening starting. We have a basketball recruiting event. We've had a football recruiting event. We got another one on Thursday. Uh, we got more camps coming up. We got official visits happening right now. We had this with Josh Whitman today, uh, starting to get back into that groove, and it, it's keeping us very, very busy. So check out Illini Inquirer for all of that. I got official visit primers coming up. We'll have coverage uh, from some of the Illini basketball's top targets in 2022 and 2023 over the weekend. So keep checking into the site for the latest on all of that. Thanks for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts. Rate us, review us. That always helps us uh, as well wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Alana Inquirer podcast. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.